Today is Wednesday, October the 11th, 2023. On the program today, there's been a big announcement in the energy sector today. We're going to look at that. Also, Pepsi is out with a pretty good earnings report. And the IMF has a somewhat gloomy outlook on the global economy. I'll cover the highlights of that. X and Meta have 24 hours to respond to the European Union regulators over fake news. And finally, on today's program, the latest from the on-again, off-again auto strike. Let's get started with today's news. ExxonMobil announced this morning that it has agreed to buy Pioneer Natural Resources for $59.5 billion or $253 a share in what's expected to be an all-stock deal. According to the agreement, Pioneer shareholders will receive 2.3234 shares of Exxon for every Pioneer share that they own. The deal is expected to close in the first half of 2024. Um, Exxon CEO Darren Woods, he said in a statement, the combined capabilities of our two companies will provide long-term value creation well in excess of what either company is capable of doing on a standalone basis. Pepsi announced its third quarter earnings and revenues yesterday. and The report was actually a pretty good one. Q3 2023 earnings per share were $2.24. That compares with $1.95 in Q3 a year ago. So that's a 14.8% gain. Q3 net revenues of $23.45 billion is 6.7% more than the $21.97 billion announced a year ago. The company now has outperformed the consensus estimates for four consecutive quarters. Uh, one of the highlights of the report was in Latin America, where sales were up 21% year over year. Uh, when it comes to guidance, they also provided good guidance. They raised uh, the fiscal 2023 uh, earnings per share guidance from $7.47 a share to $7.54. They also reaffirmed their fiscal 2023 organic revenue uh, growth target of 10%. The International Monetary Fund released its October World Economic Outlook yesterday and it calls for slower growth ahead and it highlighted some of the potential problems that we're facing uh, or that the world is facing uh, when it comes to its banking infrastructure. The report highlighted uh, some of the issues the world economy is facing today, including the impact of higher interest rates. They talk about the invasion of Ukraine, the new conflict going on now between Israel and Hamas, and a widening geopolitical rifts uh, just in general terms. When it comes to global economies, the IMF uh, is expecting global economic growth to slow to 3% this year and then further to 2.9% in 2024. And it cites the fact that the world has, has yet to really fully recover from the COVID-19 recession back in 2020. Uh, and now with a fallout in the Middle East, obviously oil prices are at risk. Under the baseline, it's about 5% of banks that are relatively weak in terms of their capital. And in severe stress, that number goes up to 30% or sometimes higher. The report itself didn't identify specific banks that they say would struggle under these economic circumstances, but they did say specifically that it did include both small and large lenders. When it comes to financial education, I think we can all agree that there is a massive gap in the education system. And when my boys went through school, they had virtually no formal training in how to manage their finances. And this is especially true when it comes to investing. So from time to time, I like to take a moment and just let those of you who are new to our channel to know that in addition to this YouTube channel, we have our investing academy. And this is where we have online training. Our programs are designed to take you through the whole investment process from being a raw beginner right through to being a fully confident investor. So you can check out the Academy website for more information. I will put a link in the description of this video. Both X and Meta have come onto the fake news radar over in Europe and on Tuesday, officials there warned X that with the outbreak of the war between Hamas and Israel, there appears to be a significant increase in the amount of misinformation, illegal content, etc 
that is being posted to its social media platform. This morning, the regulators also issued the same warning to Meta. And in both cases, they've given the companies 24 hours to take action and comply with European law, which is known as the Digital Securities Act that came into effect back in August. Now, if the regulators conclude that violations have occurred, the companies could face literally billions of dollars in fines. And in fact, they could face penalties of up to 6% of their revenue. Since the outbreak of the conflict in the Middle East, everything from fake White House press, uh, press releases, uh, false news reports, and out-of-context videos from unrelated conflicts or even video games has appeared um, on the platform um, under the DSA. When officials highlight this questionable contact, companies have to act swiftly and intervene. Now, in an example that was given, there is a fake video that has been posted which is designed to look like a BBC News report. The video itself is, it falsely claimed that Ukraine had smuggled weapons um, to Hamas. And the video is made to look like a real BBC News report. It includes you know, the graphics, the fonts, etc., that are almost identical to what uh, BBC uses in its own uh, online video reports. In at least one case, this video was posted to the X platform. Um, in response, X uh, didn't remove the fake BBC videos, but it did put a label under it noted, noting that it was what they call manipulated media. A spokesperson for the BBC posted on, uh, on X on Tuesday that the video is 100% fake. The European Commission reminded all social media companies that they are legally required to prevent and spread harmful content related uh, to Palestinian militant group Hamas, which is prescribed as a terrorist group in the EU. In a statement, a commission spokesperson said, content circulating online that can be associated to Hamas qualifies as terrorist content, is illegal, and needs to be removed under both the Digital Services Act and terrorist content online regulation. So yesterday, the General Motors auto workers at Canadian plants went on strike for 12 hours. Then they went back to work after it was announced that Unifor and GM have reached a tentative agreement. Uh, Uniform says that the deal uh, still must be approved by its members, and it noted that it matches the union, uh, the, matches the agreement that the union reached with Ford last month. So this will now move things on to the final round of bargaining with Stellantis. In this case, the two sides are using what's called pattern bargaining, and this means that they first reach an agreement with Ford, which they did in September, and that agreement is then used as a precedent or as a template for their negotiations with both GM and Stellantis. The key highlights of this agreement with GM include wage increases for production workers of almost 20% over three years and 25% for skilled tradespeople. Um, also wage progression, so that the scale that people walk up um, goes from a four-year schedule to reach the top rate uh, down from the current eight years. Also included is a $10,000 signing bonus and improvements to the pension plan. At the end of this three-year deal, the top production worker would make $44.52 an hour, and skilled trade workers, people like welders, millwrights, would be paid $56 an hour. Now, the deal with GM still needs to be ratified by the union members, and it's not lost on me that the Ford agreement, which was signed in uh, September, was ratified by just 54% of its workers. So with this as a, as a precedent, uh, certainly the ratification of this new agreement is not going to be automatic. Now, adding to the auto industry strike problems, union workers at Mack Trucks went on strike yesterday after they actually rejected a tentative five-year contract that they had reached uh, with the company. This now results in 4,000 more unionized UAW workers heading to the picket lines. In total now, there are more than 30,000 members who are on strike across 22 states. 
Uh, Union President Sean Fain said that 73% of the workers voted against the deal that had been reached back on October 1st. The deal included a 19% pay raise over the life of a contract and 10% upon ratification. But when you compare that with the negotiations and agreements with the, the big three automakers, the unions there have asked for a 36% pay raise over four years. Uh, Ford has offered 26%. Both GM and Stellantis are at 20%. Coming up later this week, tomorrow, Thursday, we have the U.S. CPI numbers for September being released. We also have earnings from Delta Airlines. We also have earnings from Walgreens. Then on Friday the 13th, we have the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey for October. And we have a whole bunch of bank earnings in the U.S. We have a Citigroup reporting, also Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, BlackRock. And United Health Group will also release its earnings report on Friday. Um, you can sign up for our Pulse newsletter. This is our weekly newsletter that I put out that summarizes the major investing and business stories um, of the week. You can find a link uh, for that below this video. As always, I thank you for watching this video, and I look forward to seeing you next Monday.